Welcome, this is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups Podcast. And my guest today is Kiersey Eckberg from Finland. Kiersey, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Did you just say welcome or thank you in in Finnish? I said thank you in Finnish. Okay. (laughs) Kiitos. Well, it is great to have you. And I I wanted to uh, shout out to our listeners that I think you were the first person that that responded when the, the podcast went live that you wanted to be a guest on the show so we finally got our schedules to match so it's i know it's great that we can we can make this happen so give us a little background who are you and uh just whatever interesting thing you want to share with us um well i've done many things in my life and i will do many things in my life in the future but to uh, mention a few well i'm a mother um and also been doing arts and sports all my life, which also took me to a path of edtech entrepreneur. And um, yeah, so lately I've been uh, arranging or coordinating an edtech hackathon with um, Metka Media Center for Education and Finnish uh, Ministry of Education. Okay. And that's actually a really cool thing. I'm really looking forward to what this arising um uh, acknowledgement or acceptance for edtechs in the field is going to actually bring to the world so so yeah that's that's pretty much it in a really short short sentence really short, there you go so <laughs> right before we turned the camera on we were talking about you had spent some time in the states why were you why were you you went to university here or I did. Uh, well, it was a college at the time, Franklin Pierce College, and I went there to play soccer for Franklin Pierce Ravens. And along that, I studied uh, arts management. Okay. So, yeah. You went was. there because it was cold. It reminded you of a Scandinavian country. You didn't. You didn't want to play in Florida or Texas or somewhere I a little never, warmer. No, I never actually even thought of it. And then um, I was invited to play there, uh, and my friend from. Uh, from uh, the Finnish, sorry, where I <laughs> But yeah, so um, I never thought of it, and I thought it was a great opportunity. And uh, and my dad was like, oh, if you don't like it, come back home after two weeks. So I was like, okay, I might as well go, and ended up staying two and a half years. Great. <laughs> well, if Didn't you have any, uh, you have any video that you want to share, we can put it on the show notes of you playing soccer and in college well, we in the don't. u.s so <laughs> i know i wish we, we don't i actually think i have one photographer friend who was studying photography there at the time he actually could have some but there was very little of uh, filming or even writing anything to internet at the time yeah, so i understand just have to believe me <laughs> uh, that's right well, we trust you for sure <laughs> yeah. so give us you uh can... <laughs> give us kind of your one minute uh elevator pitch for for your business so what what is the business that you're that you're involved with which one of them <laughs> yeah that's a good question but maybe the maybe the main one the primary one well the one why i became an ethic entrepreneur it's uh, called Vilike, and i wanted to um first of all i wanted to digitalize the tools that we use for uh, preschool education and uh, I wanted to bring in the gamification, which now is a really cool world, mm. uh, co- world and word. So I, I don't know. I wanted to uh, harness the possibilities of technology to support the education. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I read quite a bit on the education system in Finland and how really outstanding it is. So, I mean, compared to, you know, a lot of the rest of the world. So what makes, what makes the Finnish education system so, so good and so quality? I think uh, I realized it actually when I was studying in uh, States that what makes it so awesome is that the academics is free and I don't mean, mean just money but and actually that is maybe why it is free because then if you want to learn something well during the primary school you have stuff that you need to do and also there it's really uh, based on free lot of free time lot of free play and things like that and uh, but then in the university world I think the fact that the money is not in between me and what I want to learn, uh, it keeps uh, academics free. I think that's also, and it's open for everyone. Not just free, free in, in price, but also you're you're talking about free in time, like the, yes. like spending yeah. time during the school day to to explore things that that may be of your interests or um, something along those lines. Yeah, and I think also maybe it's already started from the childhood that we are given the time to um, also not to do anything and to wonder and ask questions and then find the answers and uh, I think, um, yeah it's, maybe that would be even though there are things I also think that should be developed because if we don't have stuff in the rocks. There, so. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's been the reason why I've been really happy now that the acknowledgement of technology mm -hmm. as a tool for learning, it's, uh, it's spreading. So, um, now, is the school yeah. day also shorter? It seems like I read um, somewhere where the school day may be shorter, like... Uh, I guess it depends on what school day and what age level you are. I don't uh, actually know how the uh, the preschool and early learning in other countries go. Um, so, but I guess they are, for what I've heard. Mm -hmm. And I think in uh, university they're pretty much the same. But right. But yeah, the school days. Um, might be. <laughs> Might be. It seemed like I was reading an article that they that, like you know, one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon or so. It seems like their school day was ending for, um, because they had such a unique education system that it they didn't it didn't require the same amount of time to to get in, all the curriculum they wanted to get in. So it was, it it was just it's an interesting uh, kind of a sideline to chase. But I I really want to talk about uh, about your business. What was the kind of the backstory? What inspired you to start? This, this uh, education um, tech business? <laughs> well, I was, um, when Vera was, I think she was three years ago, I decided to, since I'd been doing uh, sports all my life, I decided to apply for this, um, like a vocational uh, study along work uh, program where we became as uh, physical exercise teachers for children. Mm -hmm. And um, we did, uh, uh, what do you call it, ABM uh, inventory, which is a way to assess the motor and perceptual skills mm -hmm. development of children. Right. 
and uh, we did it uh, blah 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 walk jump and collected uh, the things on the paper and i lost the papers <laughs> so so you thought i gotta I put the make these digital so i so i don't yeah, run the risk and, of losing these yeah because i knew the information is uh, i had uh, previous knowledge of computer science a little bit and then graphic designs and i had to understand it okay we can use it and uh, that you can do some stuff with it, so I applied to IT school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was interesting first two years within the coders world as being a sports teacher and a mom <laughs> <laughs> with art background. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it carried through. I managed to understand um, the whole thing, what it takes to develop a software and actually did uh, uh, the first one as my thesis and got a little bit of funding from Invention Foundation. I graduated with the software and then I was told, okay, now you can start the company. So I was like, okay, cool. What does that mean? And <laughs> kind of <laughs> jumped into and here that we are. world. Here we are. Yeah. Now I, I know. <laughs> I think that uh, in the entrepreneurial world, I think that's called a pivot. Uh, that's a, it that's is. a major yeah. pivot. <laughs> Seth Godin yeah. would be proud. That's right. So tell me, <laughs> What would you say would be maybe your lowest point since you started your business? Your most difficult oh, point? Um, well, it's uh, if not thinking of money, which has been a challenge all the time, but uh, I think in this aiming towards where I want to go wise, it was uh, after two years, uh, I had been collecting, arranging events where parents came in and they tested the software and call it collected uh, the first set of data directly to that software and uh, I was getting ready to start doing the analysis uh, or automate the analysis of Mm -hmm. the results and it turned out (laughs) that I had made an integer mistake in the background or the back end and that meant that uh, instead of saving the results as they were typed as, I don't know, 3.01 or 3.50.9, they had saved it all as a whole number. Wow. That could make a difference on your statistical analysis. Because it was also a point I had thought, okay, now I have the data, I can apply to my master's studies and I can use the data to develop it further and actually start providing um, answers to parents before the next uh, data set and uh, that was really I I gave up actually wow. I thought I have no more energy to start from the beginning I had spent the first year we get supported by the government to live on and then the second year I hardly stayed alive by with the little money that I got grasped from somewhere mm-hmm. and I was like wow <laughs> So I think that was the lowest point, actually, and that was the, the biggest failure uh, in the whole past four years that I've been an entrepreneur. So, so what uh, the old quote remi- reminds me of the quote that says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would you say would be your, your highest point that you've had since you, you started your, your education tech business? Well, I think every response from the parents when you're like, okay, here is this thing. And, and even though the usability, there is not much graphics, there's not even real good uh, explanation still. We haven't 
done development with it for past two years. But I think that's been the best response. And then met Jenny, who is a game designer. So we kind of sat down and said, okay, what can we do? We cannot develop a software. We have no money, blah, blah, blah. So we, and I came up with the idea that I've been thinking like, okay, how can you write a story around uh, the content? So we managed to write a content and start trying uh, a new way of uh, uh, like approaching the same thing. So mm -hmm. I think best thing is the response every time that, okay, we're, we would use it. We really, that's, that's been kind of, even though I know it's been really hard to pitch to anyone, especially when the markets, it's all about like profit, 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 profit. So I think that's, it's the people and the response that I know that I'm not wrong. Right. <laughs> so yeah. are your primary customers, are they school systems or is it the, is it the government education system or are these, are is it parents? Who would, who would be your primary clients? I think that, uh, well, the users are the parents and uh, the schools, mm -hmm. but uh, if I were the government or if I were sitting uh, in charge of some municipality, I would have this part of the whole thing. And when I was doing my thesis, I, my thinking was that I'm going to sell it to our government because um, they could also simply develop it with recently be a little, little amount of money thinking of uh, the impact it right. can do in the long run. So I still would say, okay, government, but people around me say, oh, first do the schools, first do that and blah, blah, blah. But I'm still pretty decisive. It's the government. Right. So you, I mean, they're talking about more like proving the concept uh, on, yeah. on a small scale. What about governments outside of, or, or countries outside of Finland? Does this have application to other Scandinavian countries, other countries Any, in Western Europe? Any? Anywhere. It's it's about children mm -hmm. and growth. It doesn't matter. So, it, children are children. doesn't matter what language they speak or do they speak any language. <laughs> right. So, because the content is for uh, the motor and perceptual skills. So, it's uh, very universal. What about in uh, in a less developed area? Could you could you envision maybe like uh, charities or you know NGOs using using this in say the African subcontinent or other areas that are less developed educationally? Well, it is there just in technology wise. The, um, it needs to be de developed to a point where you can use it even though you don't have the internet because that's uh, I was actually and I'm going to talk about it with that my Kenyan friends who has been uh, now really supportive to me, like, Kirsi, you can't give up. You need to fight for education and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> with her and her enthusiasm, I uh, sometimes I feel that I've given everything to it, that I have nothing more to give. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of private companies that are, that are in the education space as well, that this, this may have it an is. application for them as well. It so. is, and I think now to see... Uh, like I said, the rise of the ed techs um, right. here and everywhere. And we actually have this, well, in Northern Europe, or Nordics, there's the Nordic uh, EdTech Forum uh, initiative, uh, like a community of uh, EdTech entrepreneurs uh, mm -hmm. in Nordic area. And the same thing is the Dutch school, where they have uh, 60, 70 EdTechs come together in the community. 
and I think uh, we've been uh, starting to have discussions and uh, we are actually with this EdTech hackathon Start, uh, bringing also edtechs from another countries together. So, well, one uh, of the one of the reasons we did the interview this weekend was you've got a conference coming up next week. Is that um, after uh, the Easter, the okay. fifth and seventh? Yes. What conference is that? Edtech Hackathon. And that that's, and that's where that's in the Netherlands or where is that? Well, Helsinki, and well, we didn't have time to arrange like a co-hack same time in Netherlands. So yeah, that's that's the hackathon with uh, Finnish Ministry of Education and a few publishers. Mary called me and asked me if I want to do this and help to coordinate. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> there is hope. You there have no hope. idea who who may be there and what networking that that will happen yeah. through this, these types of it events. Is. So yeah. And I'm really happy it's there, and I've called everyone I know, and if Ken Robinson hears this, join us, because we need the front runners. We to push it up also for governments, that it's important, it's possible, and we need to do it, and we're ready for it. So tell it me, is. what would you say would be your, your one or two most difficult uh, like pain points? Uh, for starting your business right now, what are the biggest obstacles you have for for moving to the next level? Well, I would say uh, the money, mm -hmm. actually. No, I think it is money because, uh, well, now I can support myself, but to in order to develop this, you need to utilize people, and people need money to be able to concentrate on doing things. And like I, many times when I'm walking in the valley of death, I'm like, oh. <laughs> then it does kill your uh, productivity, right. kills your creativity. Crazy. Otherwise, I think everything's there. Um, and I think money-wise also, maybe it's also for me to learn that, okay, you can uh, at this point still sell an idea. What but about actually, a non-financial goal or a non-financial obstacle that, that uh, you know, from marketing, social media standpoint, what what are some other obstacles you're facing? Well, I think on that sense also to um, communicate, communing, communicating it clearly because that's also my challenge because I have the whole thing like here mm -hmm. and to clear it out to simple steps so that you can kind of get it out and going. That's some maybe a problem that it's really difficult to stick with one thing when you're like already looking four years ahead. And hey, that's just the problem with an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> we yeah, all, we all face that. Yeah, and then also now knowing that ideas and dreams are other overwhelming and really humbling thing, which gives more energy and uh, power to think beyond mm -hmm. and also encourage everyone to do it and the thoughts that are going on in your head I think will certainly be inspirational just in general but also specifically when you talk to people about your business so as we as we head to the kind of the last section of our interview here let's let's drill down a little bit and uh, tell me is there somebody that you follow online that really really inspires you Ken Robinson now, now tell our audience who Ken Robinson is He's a professor, um, I don't even know what the title, the learning, blah, blah, blah. And he's been talking about this, how today's schools kill creativity and how uh, dance is as important as math. 
and uh, I really that's something it's um, it's true I think he's uh, a is he not a yeah. sir in the yes. United Kingdom so so I think yeah. there's a TED talk that that he's done that is a I'll, we'll put those in the show notes there's a there's a TED talk about this very thing yes. that, that actually I've, I have seen that so um, tell me uh, is there a life quote that you like to live by that whether it's in Finnish or English <laughs> maybe you can um, translate it be the change you wish to see in the world that sounds like Mahatma Gandhi and if you could go back say four years what would be the one piece of advice you would give you would give Kirsi to four years ago that you, that you think would change your pathway that would that would have helped you out and may help out other entrepreneurs uh, that's a very very interesting question and I probably would have just said don't give up <laughs> uh, you, it, that's something you need to tell yourself every day as well is <laughs> um, Peter Green he's uh, he actually uh, kept Wilke alive by with his support showing and saying that don't give up mm. and helping me to go forward when everything fell to uh, um, heavy Fires, and yeah. felt like there is no hope there is wow, just bureaucracy uh, blah 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 and <laughs> nobody understands blah 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 so I think that, that saying that but then it also is something I'm so stubborn I don't believe things if they're just said to me uh, I need to live them through and mm. understand but it's also learning to say that to yourself it's don't give up that's a quality that you you're going to need as you go through difficult times with uh, with your company but uh, it's good that you have that stubborn quality yeah, and I think it's also for everything. I always thought, like, when I started the company, I was like, okay, I learned to play soccer. I did really good with it. We achieved many things, hmm. and uh, I got really good at it. And then I kind of thought, okay, and then I learned to paint. I learned to draw. I learned all that. And I thought, okay, um, I can learn this too. It, just gonna take some time nothing happens in a short period of time mm. so that's something once in a while when you live in a moment and you're like now 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 you need to kind of <laughs> take a yeah. breath yeah breathe and look yeah. forward yeah and also I think what uh, I really want to do and keep doing is to pay forward the things uh, it's uh, many things in entrepreneurial path are not made out of money they are made out of people and when you can help people forward with your ideas or help somebody else go forward that's that's when things actually uh, go well forward well I'll tell you Kirsty, I have uh, really enjoyed our, our our talk today and and is there anything else that you want to share with us uh, and, and share with our audience how people can find you and how they can learn more about your company um, well uh, I guess I've been using Instagram a lot lately. Uh -huh. I, it's Kipatus. We'll have all your contact information in our show notes uh, with your company website and your Instagram. And and, uh, and put the EdTech hack there too. Because that's Certainly. really, yeah, Vilke is uh, like a little company of mine, but I think EdTech hack aims for bigger. And that's, I think, 
And what I'm hoping with my example is to show and encourage that if you have an idea, speak about it. I've met like really random people in the bus stop when I've been asking for directions instead of looking at Google. Uh, With no offense to Google and the effectiveness of its software. (laughs) (laughs) Just talk to people. It's... uh, I think, and one thing I want to share in the end is that IT and technology, it's a good servant, but a bad master. So do things for technology, but have technology to work for you because we're still people and life is for us to live and enjoy. Now that, that broke up just a little bit. You said it's a good servant, but a bad master. Yes. I thought that's what you said. That That's great. We will we'll include that in the show notes as well. So, so listeners, it's uh, it's now your turn. You've uh, you've heard Kirsty share her story and share her business with us, and now it's your turn to add feedback because, as as you know, the the underlying theme of our show is that all boats rise in a rising tide. Kirsty, thanks for being with us today. Thank you.